Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Broadbent joining me the whole gang once again. I go a little more like upbeat. I know it was bad, but <laughs> Craig Epstein, Chris Nowaski. Guys, the the a lot of people talk about balance in the universe, the karmic yin and the yang, and we saw it last night from an all-time comeback against Penn State on the road to an all-time collapse versus Minnesota on the road. Rutgers had a 10-point lead with 75 seconds remaining in that game. Somehow, some way found a way to lose by one. At the barn in Minneapolis, let's do a quick round the horn. Craig, let's start with you. What what was your ma- your macro view of what happened last night? So the macro view, it sucked. The micro view, it really sucked. Because I mean, just I guess in the game, I guess just looking at the game in the vacuum, yeah, they are up by ten with a minute fifteen left, and you figure Rutgers has got it. You know, I mean, it's just like it's over, but. All of a sudden, they score 15 points in a minute. Minnesota scored 15 points in a minute on Rutgers. Like, it's it's just unbelievable. Like, there's almost just no words for it. I mean, when that final three goes in and you're waiting and you're sitting there watching the referees take 10 minutes to try and figure out whether it was the shot was good or not, when you could clearly see it was good. I guess they were just so haunted by that Ohio State game that they were like, okay, we got to triple check and, you know, do all this stuff. But, I mean, it was just honestly, like, from I guess from a Rutgers fan's perspective, it was just torturous because, I mean, you thought you had the win. You thought you're locking up a third straight trip to the big dance. But now, you, I hate to say, to say it, but you fall out of the bubble. Like, now you've left your tournament lives into the hands of the selection committee. If uh, I mean, I guess you still have the Northwestern game to try and win, and if you win that game, I think you're in. But honestly, like if you couldn't beat North, if you couldn't beat Minnesota, like what, why do I think you're going to beat Northwestern, even if the game's at home? Chris, what about you? Yeah, so like I was obviously in charge of the recap, and then I also wrote a sidebar, a, a positive sidebar on you know the most road wins in Big Ten history for Rutgers. Uh, <laughs> I had to honestly very upset that I had to scrap to scrap the whole thing. Yeah, finger uh, hovering over the submit mush. button. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I was, I was I was kind of upset upset about that. But um, I mean, yeah, I mean there was a minute left, a minute fifteen left. They're up by ten, and um, I mean the whole like like the whole game, Rutgers can never kind of like pull away. Yeah, like Minnesota always had like a low response, but um, like obviously you know Rutgers was kind of in control of the whole game until like the last couple seconds, and like it was just it was just absurd. Like I was stunned, I was shocked. Like um, there was so many plays in the, in the last minute that went completely wrong. It was so you know it was so uncharacteristic of Rutgers there, and um, obviously you know it kind of started to me when like Caleb kind of got hurt a little bit. He kind of you know fell hard there. Um, if he maybe went for the layup, it would have been different than, you know, obviously he went for the dunk. Um, then he missed the free throw when they're up by two. And then, um, yeah. So, I mean, they played, they played well offensively, like compared to what they did, you know, the last couple of games. 
Uh, but it's obviously Minnesota, and you know they're not the best defensive team. Um, but I mean, I, I did I did warn people on the board that this was going to be a, di- a different game than than the Minnesota team they played, you know, the first time. But uh, still, I mean, I think I thought they would have got the job done, and they did. I mean, they were up by fourteen uh, at one point in the game, then they were up by ten with a minute left. I mean, I, I honestly, I didn't see I didn't see this coming. I was getting so many texts by so many people after the game. I was like, I don't know what to tell you, like. Um, and then obviously now the uh, the Wisconsin win is now a quad two win, so now Rutgers dips under five hundred uh, in quad one win. So uh, I really don't know what's going to happen, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll pass on to Richie here. Fifteen points in the final minute. Fifteen. This team scored fifteen points. This eight seven. Oh, sorry, seven now eight win team scored fifteen points in the final minute. Fifteen. This Minnesota team scored fucking twelve. <laughs> in the first half against Purdue this year. And they scored 15 on one of the best defenses in college basketball in the final minute 15. That, like, holy shit, man. Like, you got to – there's so many things that went wrong there. I'm gonna, I wrote them down, so I'm going to go list them real quick. <laughs> um, late game, Andre Hyatt. You got the ball right there. There's no one near you. Turn around and dribble. Right, we have do four a Minnesota defenders pivot, behind right? him. He doesn't even turn around to try and, and bring the ball up court. Still passes was, back. Yeah, yeah, that was brutal. All you had to do was just turn around and dribble, and you win the game. That's it. Game yeah. over. Because um, there's 15 seconds left at that point. He could yeah, run he around dribble, like dribble basically around. like a streaker on the court for, for at least five seconds. Yeah. Um, number two, Paul, what the hell was that pass to Caleb across the court? Stop throwing lollipops. You have the ball. It's just one-on-one, I'm pretty sure, when it was. And all you have to do is just dribble a little bit. Let them foul you. You're a pretty decent free throw shooter. You go to the line. You don't have to force it to Caleb across court, force a turnover, and then all of a sudden they hit a three ball. And it's like, oh, shit. All right. Well, fuck. Then Caleb's free throw shooting late game has been abysmal. Like, I, I know, like, he's, he's great all game, and then it seems like at the end of the game it's just a sell. Like, and it's just that, that, that miss would have that changed the entire game. You hit that free throw, and worst comes to worst, it's a tie. Yeah, against Penn State, he could have put him up four points, but he missed the mm-hmm. front end of the one and one against Ohio State. He missed the front end of the one and one to allow Ohio State to hit that three. Um, late, late three game that shouldn't sells, have happened. Like, yeah, yeah. And then um, uh, the the in, the whole defense on the uh, the last play that inbounds, like no one covers the inbounder. They just get wide open. Cam made an attempt on the three point uh, to defend the three point. He just pump faked, and obviously Cam went flying. Also, that's like rule number one: you never jump. But yep. um, holy shit, that was just—it's just a bad sequence of events over the the last like minute left, and it was just absolutely brutal. And I, I think they're I still just don't, in. But I don't we'll see how you could allow Cam to get to to get matched up with Jameson Battle there either. Jameson yeah, Battle so. six seven. Like, why don't you have? He's been hot like all night. Why don't he? Like before that shot, he was five for twelve from three. Why don't you have Caleb on him? It's clear that they want to get him the ball. He's been on fire. He hit that weird. Like every shot he hit in the last minute 15, and I, it might have only been two, were just crazy shots. Mm-hmm. This team, I just don't, I like overall, it's just been shit since Mag left or yeah. left for the injury. Like Indiana lost, Illinois lost, Nebraska lost, uh, Wisconsin, Jesus Christ, that was brutal. That was close. Michigan blown out. Uh, Penn State, it almost looked like you were going to lose that one because you got shit on in the first half. And then they come back, luckily. But then, then you give up 75 to Minnesota. We didn't even, like, I know everyone wants to talk about that last minute and a half, but or minute 15, but 75 to an eight-win program? It's disgusting. Yeah. Like, it's, and, Richie, whole, like, 
you could make the, and I you sorry. you could make the case. Sorry, <laughs> you could make the, like you could make the case if not for a last like defensive stop and a miracle comeback, Rutgers would be zero seven without Mag, zero seven. And I hate yeah. to I hate to take away stuff that they've accomplished, but when you're two and fives in that span, like I I kind of have to. No, I fair enough. Like I I didn't want to say it, but you said it, so I feel better now. <laughs> Um, yeah, like it's really bad. Like things are, and you can't convince me. Like, don't get me wrong, Mag's a great player. He's phenomenal. He fit this lineup perfectly. But mm-hmm. you can't just fall off a cliff after you lose him. Yeah. Pun intended. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, Rutgers has yeah. allowed seventy-five plus points four times all season. Twice since Mag has left in the last seven games. The only other two times were both against Iowa, and Iowa just seems to have Rutgers' number. So every other team before. Mag got hurt other than Iowa was under 75 and most of them were well under 75. It's, it's a different team. I think it's, it comes down to a, a, a mental thing for part of it because these guys now, like Pike has said, like these guys are like worn out. They're tired. They played six of their last eight away from Jersey Mike's, which I think is a bit of a cop out. I think they're just like mentally exhausted um, because they're also physically exhausted. Like they know that they're not the best offensive team. Mag was, a, you know, one of their better players and, you know, they were playing defense to win games, sort of like, you know, how Rutgers football was trying to win games this year, just playing defense. And you can't really do that in college basketball, but that's what they were doing for most of the season. And then when you lose your one of your best defenders, who's an efficient offensive player, like, and then you have to play a bunch of bench guys who weren't really ready to play, probably, that, that's what's going to happen. Because you've seen frustrations boil over. It's because guys don't really necessarily know, not that they don't know what they're supposed to be doing, but they're not in the right positions on defense. They're not you know, taking the ball and putting it like right up when you're underneath the basket. Like there's just so many things that have gone wrong for this team and they're not doing things to actively correct it or to get themselves in the right headspace. And for how much that they talk about, you know, Dave Anderson, like the mindset of winning, all that stuff. Like a lot of these guys collapse in really crucial moments this season. So it's, it's been tough to watch. Yeah. And also, you know, Rutgers kind of squandered a really good performance by, by Cliff last night. Oh, he my had, God. Yeah. Uh, Best game of the yeah, season for him. 23 points, 9 of 15 shooting. And they weren't even all dunks either. Like, he was making, yeah. you know, his hook shots and everything. Uh, he had 11 rebounds, like four blocks, I think it was. And and Rutgers really kind of dominated Minnesota on, like, almost every statistic, right? I mean, they, they made more free throws. They made... Uh, they had they ended, uh, they ended up having two more turnovers, but that was probably you know the last couple of seconds there. Uh, they had they out rebounded them by nine. They had uh, more offensive rebounds. They had way more second chance points. Uh, ten more points in the paint, and they had six blocks, seven steals, nineteen assists. Uh, they led for like thirty eight minutes of the game. They was tied like once in the game. Uh, and then obviously Minnesota's only lead, I think, or was at the very end. Like so, I mean, Rutgers definitely squandered squandered the game here. Obviously, that we all know. But and I saw the "Are uh, You Screw Us?" tweet something kind of like this, and I and then the thought kind of crossed my mind that th- that game yesterday could almost be used as like a riddle going forward. A team that a team that was uh, winning for zero minutes and zero seconds won the game. Like, how's that possible? Yeah. It's it was unbelievable, and I do I do want to talk about Cliff because we've been down on him for a lot of the season offensively, and this this game was like 
they had a game plan, get it into Cliff, let him work, because they weren't doubling Cliff. It was pretty mm-hmm. ridiculous that they were just allowing the ball to get into Cliff, sometimes on freshman backup centers, and Cliff is just dominating them. Like, he, he was hitting a lot of his different around-the-rim moves. He obviously had a bunch of dunks, but you saw him hit that, like, you know, 12-footer that he's had trouble with all season. He had that, like, weird up-around, <clears throat> um, sorry, re- like, reverse layup thing he likes to do where he doesn't like to use the backboard. He just throws it, like, straight up in the air. Cliff had his best game of the season offensively, in my opinion. Um, and, the, I mean, if we're being real, though, like, this vaunted three-point defense that Rutgers has, that's the reason we lost last night. They shot 46% from three on high volume on 40, 24 attempts. Like, to not close out on the, all the three-point shooters they had late in the game. Like, that's why Pike said he was disappointed in his defense because, like, these guys know what they're supposed to be doing and he trusts them, but they just had a mental collapse. That's all there is to it. These guys didn't really respect their opponent when they were just kind of – it was kind of like when you're holding your little brother down with, like, one arm and they're flailing around and you're like, you're not going to get up, you're not going to get up. And eventually they do, and then they hit you in the nuts. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know how many of you guys have younger siblings, but, like, when you're the older sibling – you think you got them pinned down, you know, you've had them pinned down, they're screaming for mom for 10, 15 minutes. And then the second you look at the TV because you hear something, he gets up and boom, you got a shattered pair of testicles. And that's what Rutgers had last night. <laughs> they thought they had little brother held down and they didn't take it seriously over the last 50, the 75 seconds. Like their coach was pressing, they were fouling, like they were still trying to win that game. And I don't think Rutgers really took them that seriously, despite the fact that we were winning, despite the fact that they were clearly trying to win, like, they had nothing to lose. Like a team that has nothing to lose is going to go for the three pointer in that situation versus the two. It's the same same concept like the Texans had last game of the season. You know they got nothing to play for. Why are we going to send this game to overtime? Let's go for two here. We're going to win this. That's what they were going for. Rutgers should have known that. That was it was a coaching. It was just a coaching calamity on top of players just not respecting their opponent. They deserve to lose that game with how they they closed it out. I'm di- so disappointed, but that's what you get for not respecting an opponent. They might have just saved Ben Ben Johnson's job too. Like that man was on the hottest of hot seats, it seemed like, and then all of a sudden, like this win for him is huge. Like I don't think people want yeah. to like realize like how bad this fucking team was. This program was in the dumpster, the gutter. One Big Ten win coming into this game. Yeah, we're at the end of the season. <laughs> oh. I also it's like it's like it's like what Rutgers was like. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I believe Rutgers at the end of the game they. St- they still had a timeout to use, and honestly, it's like yeah, yep. I mean, I think just following the the putback that puts them within two, or no, within one. I got to use a timeout there. These you could see they just like mentally like just shot. Like yeah, I feel like Pike had to call, you know, calling the troops and just kind of get them like mentally back into it. Because by that point, it was like, like I don't want to say that you knew it was going to happen, but like you could envision it. Yeah, Even by that, that, that Jaden Henley. That Jaden Henley put back, like, Paul didn't even try and box out that guy, and he was just mm-hmm. able to sky up and, and put it back. There was just so little effort by all these guys late in the game. It's unbelievable. And also, I mean, I'm trying not to scream because I don't want to wake anybody up, but, I mean, you have a 90-plus percent free throw shooter on your team. I understand he missed one, and that kind of ended up screwing you, but still, at the end of the day, in crunch time situations – Cam Spencer is the guy I trust, you know, shooting the free throws. You got to give him the ball in those situations. Like, that's just the way it is. And I think part of them is kind of scared. The fact that, okay, if you give him the ball in the backcourt, they're going to trap him. 
and he's not really fast enough or athletic enough mm-hmm. to kind of break it. So he's going to have to pass it off, and then they're going to foul that person. Or they give it to somebody else who tries to get the ball to Cam, but they're just going to foul that person immediately because, I mean, like like we talked about before, Caleb's free throw shooting at the end of these games has just been brutal. I mean, to me, in, it's, in fairness, this, they is were why, trying. this is why you got Cam Spencer. Or it's way more reason. They were trying to get it to Cam. Three of the four free throw sh- uh, scenarios in the in late in the game went to Cam. He made uh, five of the six free throws that he attempted there. So it's not like they weren't mm-hmm. trying. It's just sometimes they, you know, play good defense and you have to pass yeah. it away. But then there was, that, there was that one time they gave it to Paul in the horrible spot. They and then mm-hmm. they they knock it out of his hands, hits his el- wrist or elbow, and then it goes out yeah. of bounds. Minnesota yeah. ball. It's like wh- why are you giving the ball to Paul in the worst? possible spot on the court it just doesn't make any sense i mean yeah that's that's on the inbounder and on paul though like if you're you can't run into the corner and expect yeah. anything to happen there like they're going to give you that for a reason it's it's kind of like pulling you putting you into a trap and as the in, inbound passer we have a timeout if there's no one open call the timeout you have the like i'm sure he has the latitude to do that i'm sure pike has said if there's not somebody there count to four call timeout or so Paul calls just, a timeout. <laughs> or somebody calls a timeout. Like, yeah. And then also, like, we've seen – like, we saw Derek Simpson kind of take the game over against Penn State. He only had 13 minutes in this game. And, yeah. he, and he did well when he was in. He had he had four points and, and two rebounds and assists in the limited minutes he was in the game. Like, he he drove to the hoop and, and, created, and created something. And then, um, you know, Pike, Pike has kind of been, like, weird with his minutes this season. Like – He'll have good games and then like won't play you know, like for a while at all. So, um, yeah, I mean his 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 minutes definitely need to go up because I mean we talked about you know we talked about uh, Paul McKee you know before we started recording and um, you know he's he's been kind of in his own head recently. So um, I I mean I think you have to get get the ball to Derek more and have have him play more in this last game for sure. Yeah, every one of our starters yesterday played 32-plus minutes. So that means all of them played at least 80% of that game. That Maybe that's why they're so worn down at the game. Because, like, this isn't yeah. typical. Like, Pike barely ever plays the starters for that much. I, I don't know what happened there. Out of a possible 200 minutes for Rutgers, the starters played 170 of them. So that's 85% of the total minutes for Rutgers. I don't know why you do that this late in the game. Like, it's this late in the season, but... Yeah, and then also like we we've seen like Cam Cam Spencer had 16 points in the first half. He was yeah uh, started out five for five. He was six or seven, I think. Uh, you know, by the time halftime rolled around, and then like I don't know if Minnesota played you know just just better defense in the second half, but Minnesota is not a good defensive team in general, and like they like never went back to him in, in the second half. But, like I know we talked about them getting the ball to Cliff more, but like you also still had Cam who was on fire in the first half, and he like. Barely shot the ball again after that. He made he made his free throws, and that was basically it. So, I mean, I was shocked about that. He, all, I mean, and they also did the same thing in the, in the Wisconsin game. You know, he was really the, all their offense in the first half, and then they didn't go back to him in the second half. So, like, if you have someone like that, let them shoot the ball. Like, I don't know. So, so piggybacking on the Paul thing, he's nine of thirty-two in his past five games. Like, I know he's not an offensive yeah. player, but geez, like. Right. That's rough, and he's having like pretty big turnover games. He had two turnovers, many, two turnovers, turnovers too. How many five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven turnovers in uh, twelve, thirteen, sixteen, 12, 20, 28 assists because that uh, 
Oh, he had like 12, right? He had 12 against Nebraska and in the loss, too, of course. Yeah. I also kind of want to point something out is this offense still looks disjointed. Like a lot of that chess middle stuff from the end of Penn State, they didn't really run anything that was repeatable seemingly against Minnesota. How many shot clock violations did we have last night? It was at least three by my count. And there was plenty of times where like we tried to put up a junk shot with five seconds left. Like Paul keeps getting blocked by these shorter guards. I, I don't know if he's got like, you know, if his legs are like worn out or something, but he doesn't seem like he can elevate like he used to be able to like, he had a block on a layup. He had a block on, a, a, like, a floater. Like, he's just – he's not getting clean shots up either. It's – like, he he totally airballed a three late in the game that he was wide open for. He bricked another from the corner late in the game. Like, he's just – I hate to pick on Paul, but, man, he is really playing poorly. It's, it's rough. Now, I don't know if we want to move on to this, but I think they're still in. I'll be optimistic here. I really think they are still in. I do too. I think ESPN just, they're notoriously bad with like any of this predictive shit. You mean Lenardi's not good at his job? Yes, he's not good at his, he's ranked like number like 130 in the bracketologist thing, like the rankings, like he's not good. And I'm going to pick on that guy, the other guy in a second. We'll pick on him later, but (laughs) oh, you guys all know who I'm talking about. The guy who I have a better haircut than. (laughs) <laughs> Jerry, you know, I'm just going to get into it real quick. Jerry fucking Pond, man. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. What is wrong with you? Like, I get it. You're, you're not a Rutgers fan. You're not a, you don't even like Rutgers. You hate that the Big Ten had it, Rutgers. But, man, oh, man, like, you had him 11 seed before this game. Like, yeah, and I'm like, first four, like, it's it's borderline first four in. Or last yeah, four in, after, whatever. I think after this game, Jerry Palm has them playing in the local NCAA, <clears throat> honestly. Fuck Jerry Palm. <laughs> Guy's such a I mean, dickhead. Let me, let me, I, I, like I've said this before, I'd rather be an 11 seed than an 8 seed in this field because there's hey, absolutely, there's absolutely, yeah, this is this, yeah, big brain. All part of the, like I said, all part of the plan. Uh, so, like, if we have to play Kansas, Houston, uh, Bay, not Baylor, uh, Kansas, Houston, or um, UCLA. UCLA, or what was the other? The other like top team. I don't know why Purdue. I'm looking on this right now. Not Purdue. Oh, Alabama. Alabama. Like we're not beating. They got a great getting... shooter. Oh my god. Oh jeez. <laughs> Sorry. Done. Done. <laughs> like we're not. We're going to get blown out by 20 points in those games. But you know, playing the right six seed and the right three seed, we could move on. That's the like you got to look at this from like how how does this what realistic path do we have to make it past these teams? As an eight or nine seed, we're not beating a one seed in the second round. I'm sorry. It's just not happening. We don't have – like, it's different when you're, like, the eight seed who's, you know, plays in the whack and, like, your whole offense is, like, three-pointers and sometimes you score 90 points, sometimes you score 60. Like, that's not our team. We're pretty – we got a narrow band of what we can do. It has to be we shut the team down defensively and then we make a couple, like, advantageous, like, not lucky shots, but clutch shots. Like, that's how we win big games. <clears throat> we don't win them because we, we keep up with teams offensively, at least not this year. So – there's no I way mean, we're keeping up with Kansas. Or I hate to. Any of those I mean, teams. I just. I hate to be the bad guy. I hate to burst bubbles here, but I mean, the way this team. <laughs> yeah, burst bubbles. <laughs> but yeah, thank you. I'll be here all week. But I mean, <laughs> the, the way this team is playing right now, they're not beating anybody in March. I hate to say it, like they couldn't beat Minnesota. Like, I hate. Like, I hate again. I hate being the bad guy, but it's just like who? Any team you're playing in March is is going to be a a good team, at least a good team. 
if not a really good team, especially if you're an 11 seed because you're facing six. five seed. No, five, six. Six, whatever. Six. Yes. Yeah, okay. Six. Six. Yes, you're facing a really good team, especially if they're a six seed. So it's like, is this team really going to beat a six seed? Like, I don't know. It's all. I know it's all matchup dependent, but. Just, well, just the way a lot I, of people I, got I, got on our case for being negative after Mag left and some of these performances, but like we're just being realistic here. Like yeah. I was so high on this team until the beginning of February when Mag got hurt. Mm-hmm. Like after the Michigan State game, I was like, we still got this. Like we still got a lot of good players, but those next three performances, like we we were just like they, they don't seem that big. Like losses, like six points at Indiana, nine points at Illinois, ten points at home against Nebraska was a big loss, but. Like, those games, we were never really in. Like, those are games that we found a way to, like, limp along. But this team has not looked the same for the last month. And it's because they're they're not the same. It's a different construction of players we're playing, and it's different results we're seeing. Like, we are what our record says we are right now, guys. We're 2-5 and five in our last seven. You don't want to you don't want to limp into March. Like, typically when you limp into March, you, you know, <clears throat> go behind the woodshed and you get taken care of. Like, yeah, I really I hope we still make the to, tournament, um, but... It's, it's it's a tough look right now. Yeah, I was listening to Austin Johnson's and Geo Baker's podcast this week. Um, you know, they talked to uh, you know Brad Wachtel, who was who's one of the best you know bracketologists, and uh, he was saying like they they take injuries into account, and they also take injuries to account um, you know like a like a Moab Mag and take into account how they do after he doesn't play, and obviously Rutgers as we've all been talking about, has not done well at all since he's gone down. And, and they take that into consideration. Like, if they – like and like everyone's been saying, if they're not going to beat Minnesota, how are they going to beat somebody in the in the NCAA tournament? And they also think about that. Like, you could beat Purdue uh, when you have everybody in the lineup, but you can't beat anybody now. Like, I mean, I mean, they still do have a lot of really good wins, that, and they're – and their nets in obviously in good shape. Their camp on everything is in, in good shape, um, but it's just like how they've played lately is just not like a good look. Like you still have, I guess, the eye test. I'm I'm sure there's some kind of eye test for for the guys, you know, putting penalty out of the bracket. But um, yeah, I mean, they haven't done well since the beginning of February. Um, yeah, I mean, they but they still have good 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 wins in the net and everything. All the metrics are good, but they just played extremely poorly and. Can't really expect much, you know. Yeah, you can't, you can't expect much right now. Yeah, our net right now is the lowest it's been since December twenty second. So our net when when Mag went out was nineteenth. It has dropped to thirty eighth. Yeah. In the so last month. Here's the thing. I'm gonna pop this up real quick. If I could figure out which window it is. Nope. Of course. Um, entire screen. There we go. Here's the the left side is last season. Somehow they got in at the net of eighty. Hmm. Uh, we won't we won't talk about that one. But holy shit! The good news is you don't have a quad four loss, so that's huge. The bad news is you got four quad three losses. Yep, that's brutal. Now, and now and now they're below five hundred in quad in quad one now because Wisconsin yeah uh, went out squad two. That's the. Th- yeah, that's that's where it's tough. Um, the seven and seven is obviously nice. Last year you beat Purdue twice, beat Iowa twice. Am I reading that right? Yeah, I guess I did. Holy shit, you beat Illinois. It's the majority of the same team over and over again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or no, I, I read that wrong. Purdue once, Iowa once, Illinois once, but whatever. It's just I don't. I'm looking now. Like I still think they're in just because the bubble's so bad. 
and they're they're better in almost every statistic and they don't have that quad four loss technically. But the fact that they have so many quad three losses is tough, but they're, they're still in. I still think they're in. I think right now it's 10 seed slash 11. So I think you're close to like that, that first four game in Dayton, but you lose to Northwestern. It's probably going to push towards that Dayton. You beat the first game, uh, first team of whatever round, the first round of the big 10 you play then you're probably out of Dayton again. So I think, I think end of the day, as long as they win that first, it doesn't matter what happens on Sunday because I don't think they're winning. There's so I'm, I'm just counting that as a loss right now. If you lose that and win that first round, I think you're in like in, yeah. in not, not Dayton in. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think the committee really takes into account the, 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 the tournaments really. I don't I mean like in, the big 10 tournament final, like ends like half hour for the sh- for the selection show starts, like the there's double brackets. Yes. Like, Brad Wachtel on, on, on Air Britain's podcast mentioned yeah. that how basically, like, what happens the last two days isn't really taken into account unless it's a scenario where you have to win to get in. So if you're an eight seed in the you know A10 tournament and you're facing the one seed, who's going to be an at large regardless? Like that's when it takes into account like winning the tournament or not. Otherwise, it doesn't really make a difference. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I look at it from, like, two different perspectives. One is, like, the analytical, like, aspect of it, where it's, like, yeah, it's very similar or very similar to last season. It's almost like bizarro last season, where it's, like, your last season wins, the quality of wins last season outweighed your quality of losses. Now it's starting to feel like this season the quality of losses is starting to outweigh the quality of wins. But at the same time, yeah, I think I do think Rutgers is still in at this point. Because go, I think we can agree, go, going into this game, they were an eight seed. That's where DeCourcy had him. And that's where Wachtel had him, and we, they're pretty dependable guys. So let's just say they went in yesterday as an eight seed. I don't think one this loss to Minnesota, you go from an eight seed to just out of the tournament. I don't think that's, like, possible. Now, I think we can agree that they probably fall, like you said, to an 11 seed, which, yeah, that is what it is. You lose to Northwestern. I mean, that's not a terrible loss, even though it's at home. Like, But maybe you fall 11. Let's just say you fall to a 12 seed. Like, to me, that's, that's kind of that spot where it is. And like you said, I think uh, they don't take much of – the turn the Big Ten tournament into account unless Rutgers goes on some type of run, then you can boost your thing. But if they were to lose, like I don't think it plays that role. So I, I guess from an analytical standpoint, could you see them going into the tournament as a 12 seed? Yes. Also, Dayton is still on the table once again, amazingly, which me and Chris kind of shudder at that thought. But I'm not going back there. Like <laughs> says the wives, as nice yeah. as I thought, everyone everything was very professional. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not making that. Drive. Yeah, 10 hour drive. Not, not the best, you know. Yeah. But, um, but at the same time, I mean, like you said, Chris, that this team since Mag has gone down has kind of fallen apart. And if you want to look at, if you want to look at from a, more of like, I guess, a an emotional human eye test sort of way, yeah, they've fallen apart since Mag's gone out. I mean, you lost, you just lost to this Minnesota. I mean, does this look like a team to you? That's they might look at it. Whereas I think they looked at last year's team where it's like, yeah, they don't have the best resume. But could they win a, maybe a game or maybe even two and go on a little bit of a run? You could kind of envision it. This team, I can't envision it. I mean, this team to me right now just screams first round exit. I mean, the offense is just like you said. The offense is they can't they don't play complimentary basketball because yesterday the offense was actually playing you know decently well. It scored seventy four points, but then the defense fell apart. So to me, it's like if you want to look at it from the analytical standpoint, yes, I can see Rutgers getting into this game. If you want to look at it from the eye test standpoint, I could see them. They've given them basically enough reason to say, sorry, tough luck. Like we gave you the break last year and 
it's just to me it's just so unpredictable and so tough to tough to kind of gauge now that like i've i've kind of given up at this point honestly <laughs> i'll be honest so they they have a thing on bractologist.com share my screen again just because it's so convenient um you can compare rucker's resume to the well it's obviously the first four last four in and first four out obviously it doesn't show one because you can only do eight but look at their record compared to like every other bubble team like these two are kind of similar actually but f i still think they have a better record than the majority of them mm -hmm. like ew that, who's playing who is that texas why are you playing nine quad four games in the big 12 <laughs> that's just bad but regardless i still think Rutgers gets in i know it's uh and it you know what kind of helps them too is the fact that everyone likes to overrate the Big Ten a little bit in the net rankings and so. But could this be the year where they say enough with that? I mean, I don't know. Probably not because I don't think so. Big Ten is kind of a cash cow. So there you go. That's all that matters. <laughs> but uh, I still think they're in. I mean, I, like I said before, it depends now what seed they're going to get. I don't know. But you lose that first game of the Big Ten tournament. I know they, like even Chris said, they don't try to count it as much, but that first round is going to count a lot, especially for a bubble oh, yeah. team. For bubble like, teams, you, like the later part. Yeah, yeah the bubble teams. They, especially. Right now, who are they scheduled to play? And is that can that change? I don't change. know. There's, there was, I mean, there's four scenarios. Said, yeah, everything can change now. Yeah, what did Richie say before this? Is 128 different scenarios for this tournament <laughs> with every team having one game left? Yeah, the final 128 scenarios for the Big Ten tournament right here from Matt Matt uh, MJ Hackman on Twitter. Um, but, uh, I mean, double, double buy, buy is now out of the question for Rutgers. I just kind of wanted to make that clear in case anybody had any sort of hope. Again, I hate to be the bad guy, but double buy. Yeah, fuck you, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> um, who? Uh, I don't even know what the bracket looks like. Who do they play? So if, if they if the tournament started today, Rutgers mm -hmm. would be the nine seed. They would play. <laughs> drum roll, please. The eight-seeded Michigan State Spartans in the second round of the tournament who have this irrational thirst for Scarlet Knight blood right now because Wuckers wouldn't move a game to accommodate them. There was a lot of belly aching hey, about a game that shouldn't even – should the game shouldn't have been played. Like, they should have just canceled the game. Like, you can't expect the entire league to change their schedule in the last week to accommodate a game that doesn't mean anything. Like – we just saw what happens when you go into Minnesota late in the season. Why would they want to do that? Just cancel the game. It is a terrible, awful situation. Just cancel it. Chris had to pop off. Uh, so yeah. you won't be hearing him the rest of the time. Um, but yeah, also, that, that's that's who Rutgers would be scheduled to play right now. The that's probably the last head coach you want to face in March too. Yeah. <laughs> yes, like that. You don't face Izzo's team in March, like at all. I don't care how bad he is. How bad the team is record-wise, they're they're just dangerous. Yep. Um, this is, yeah, interesting. It's rough. Yeah. Not so, a deal. I hope we were a little positive, at least, when we talked about this team. But, I mean, last night was just probably the biggest gut punch of the, of the it's entire It's probably season. the worst loss of the Pikel era, if you really think about it. Lafayette. Yeah. The last yeah, few, well, you know, from, that, from the perspective of perspective of like quality of loss yeah i guess lafayette's the worst but like kicking the nuts wise i think this is the worst i think this is this is i mean i saw people were talking about the Wieskamp camp uh game you know a game against iowa but to me like as bad of a loss as that is 
what did you no. in the grand scheme of things? What did they actually lose? Like they weren't that, going to the tournament that year. Yeah, that right. was just a heartbreaker. That yeah, yeah, yeah. That had no repercussions, like you said. Exactly. Like, there was no there was no stakes to that. That was just a game yeah. that Rutgers almost stole. Yeah, I mean, to, to me, it's like we're but we're still talking about it. Like what five years later or four years later, and it's like, I understand, like, it's a heartbreaker, I mean, I, I was there for that, I mean, I remember the building when that shot, when that unbelievable shot went in, yeah, it was, it was, it was bad, but I mean, at the, in the, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, like, Rutgers wasn't going anywhere that year, so, this loss, I mean, could end up screwing you real in the, in the long run, I mean, it's just, like, crazy, and even, and then the other, only other loss I can think of was the uh, Penn State uh, a couple years ago, I think it was that, was it 2020? I forget. But that Penn State, when uh, people got mad because they thought it was a moving screen, opened up uh, the Penn State shooter who hit the uh, go-ahead shot with like a couple seconds left, which which could have screwed you. But Rutgers ended up bouncing back and going to the tournament. So to me, I like, mean, from a, what was that? The true screw job this season was the Ohio State game. Like you win that game, yeah. that's another quad one win on your resume. This this resume is put to bed. We're nineteen and 11, 11 and eight in the Big Ten. We're, we're in going away. But because that game screwed us over, like we had plenty of time to make up for it. Don't get me wrong. This isn't like, you know, it's like a bad hold in the second quarter of a football game that, you know, took a touchdown back and then he had to punt on that drive. Like we could have made up for this, but in hindsight, we get that additional quad one win. This resume is airtight. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's really nothing else to be said. It's just, it's such a brutal, like, and so like Chris said before, I got so many texts after, like, yo, and I'm like, fuck you, you didn't watch the game. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, parachute, I, I've been bagging on my friends because they're all front runners. They're, they're Duke fans or UNC fans or Seton Hall fans. And the Seton Hall fans and UNC fans, I've been fucking ripping into. Mm-hmm. Been like, yeah, bubble buddy, how's it going? Like, oh, Seton Hall's not even there anymore. Oh no, that stinks. Like, yeah, don't no, worry, guys. A- if you don't get in the NIT, there's still the CBI. There's still a tournament <laughs> out there for you. Still around? Is that still around? I don't like, know. Uh, but yeah, now nah, that was a that was a kick in the kick in the balls last night. That was rough. That was rough to see. And the weirdest part was like, I had a, a two leg parlay last night for the game. It was the over, which was one twenty seven. <laughs> And then Rutgers minus eight and a half. And even with 30 seconds left in the game, I was texting you guys. I was like, all right, if Paul, er, sorry, if, if, if Cam hits both these free throws, my, the parlay is still alive, but it's on life support. This is with 30 seconds left. I still thought I was going to hit a parlay where Rutgers needed to win by nine. Cam misses the one three, free throw and puts them up six, I believe. I was I like, so. all right, the parlay is officially dead. I had no scenario in my mind even at 30 seconds left that Rutgers is going to lose this game that's what's so surreal about this is that like this went it was like it was like an avalanche like you think you're skiing down the slopes and like oh I've been at this mountain before we're good and then suddenly a massive ice sheet she like just breaks off on top of you and you're totally buried you don't know what the fuck happened to you that's uh, I can't talk about this game anymore it's a Um, this this was a bigger whiplash than the Brooklyn Nets season all right, Craig. All right, relax. All right, what else? Um, what else is there to cover here? Is there you, anything about this game you, you guys wanted to mention? Do you want me to rile people up right now? I could do it with is it with a speculation. Yeah, no, not speculation. I, I can rile people up um, just because 
It, I don't recruiting? What, what's no, this, what's the topic? no, no, no. This is still hoops. I got a okay. DM from a certain someone this morning. He said, hey, what's up, man? Just woke up and saw this. One minute left in the game. Damn, what happened? Take a guess. <laughs> Just take a guess. They have they have the recap on ESPN.com. They're related to a certain um, transfer, NBA declare NBA declare uh, I think I know. Mm-hmm. I That's, I know. Haven't heard from him since, since, since he declared, but it's, give it's, a, it's, a, it's a relative of him. Can you give the initials of... I think it's pretty obvious. Oh, not to Mike. Which, which player declared for the NBA? And we'll go with it recently for Rutgers. Oh, okay. Wow. So relative, relative of. And I'm like, dude, you're really going to DM me this? Like, now? I haven't heard from you since, I don't know. So let's go back to the last message. June? No, November 2021, when you declared... Or 2022, whatever it was. Damn. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. Like, what? Uh, that's all I got to say. That's going to rouse some people up. I think you guys can guess, but. Uh, uh, anyway, let's move on to right. football recruiting. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's, let's go to a happy topic like football recruiting. Kind Richie, of- what kind of good news do you have in your, your basket for us today? Um. I got some good news. I got some visitors. Brian Ward and Aiden Black visited campus yesterday, two of the Northeast top-ranked tight ends. Neither has an offer from Rutgers currently. I don't know if either are going to get an offer because they're still aiming pretty high, it seems like. Uh, they got some other guys coming, but they do have a big name, couple big-name kids coming to campus. Um, multiple Power 5 offers for most of these guys, but I'm just going to run down the list. Wide receiver Sage Claudius and Jack Hines. Are both out of Connecticut, offensive lineman Jack Hines. I like both of them a lot. I think Jack Hines is starting to favor Rutgers, so keep an eye out there. Um, Isaiah Crumpwater, they just offered like a week ago, is already scheduled to visit the campus. North Carolina kid, he doesn't have a ton of offers. He's only got Charlotte and East Carolina and Rutgers, but um, it sounds like if Rutgers wants to lock this one up, they could kind of get it done relatively quickly. Um, they don't have a wide receiver in this class. He's a little like, he's kind of in the middle range. He's not tall. He's not short. I think he's six one one seventy something like that. Uh, decent kid. I'd, I'd keep an eye out there. Uh, Benjamin Blackburn. He's only 5.5 for, for us. And I think that's criminal. Um, he's from down in Columbus high school in Florida. Anytime a Florida kid comes up, you got to keep an eye on him because there's, there's always a chance for a, a quick commitment there. Uh, He's really good. And then um, there's there's just a lot of good names. Like Cameron Miller's coming up from Winslow. Uh, St. Thomas Moore's sending a couple other dudes uh, in Jordan Houston and Adam Shovlin. Adam Shovlin's got like 10, 12 Power 5, or maybe eight, eight Power 5 offers. I read that wrong. Um, he's going to so, be good. Interesting Go nugget about Isaiah Crumpler. Um, last name, I only heard it said one time. That was Algie Crumpler. Turns out that is Algie Crumpler's nephew, Didn't the know former tight end for the, the Falcons in the NFL. There you go. He's got the NFL bloodlines, too, and um, make it happen. I think he's a, he's a good prospect, too. I think uh, more teams are sleeping on him. I know His he's, dad he's, and grandfather also played in the NFL. There you so. go. I know he's, uh, a lot of teams are just like slowly looking more into him. North Carolina sometimes has, like uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Sometimes they have like kids that just fall under the radar. Uh, so he's someone to watch. Willie Love, 
Willie Love. Camden kid, right? Yeah. Cam- oh, East Side. Willie Camden, visit yeah. Rutgers? He will be here this weekend. Oh, hell yeah. And it sounds like Rutgers is uh, near the top there, from what I'm hearing. Now, he's he's a weird like, kind of build. He's a little bit of a tweener. He's 6'4", 210. He, um, he plays DB. I think he's a solid DB, but at 6'4", 210, I think you, you kind of just got to wake up a little bit and be like, hey, we, you're a linebacker. Um, What's his speed like? Eh, it's not bad. Well, that's, it's, that's it's okay. That's why he's a tweener. Yeah, he could stick at safety a, if he had you know good speed. But. Yeah, so he's I, I like him. I like him at DB right now, but I think when he fills out and adds even ten pounds, I think he's a linebacker full and full. And um, that's, that's why a lot of teams kind of are like have him like in that warm spot for their uh, recruitment. But it sounds like Rutgers is going to push super heavily. He's been to campus four times since last January, so this will be his fifth time. Uh, fifth time since June or July last year, so. He's been to campus a bunch. Demir Shaw is doing a lot of work there. And to get into Camden and the Eastside uh, High School it would be huge for Rutgers. Um, so I'd, I'd keep a close eye on that one. I don't think he's ready to commit yet. But, again, I don't know if there's going to be any commitments this weekend, but there's just a lot of big names. Kamar Archie's coming back up, and that kid's an absolute freak. Like, I don't know how else to define him. Like, he's just massive. He's huge. He's quick. He's got 15 offers. I think they're all Power 5. Um, Hunt School, too, connection. So, uh, Rutgers is gonna dead period's over. Football's back, kind of, sort of. Football won't start again until late March, and then uh, right after the pro day, which is the twenty sixth, twenty eighth, something like that. Twenty eighth, I believe. So, fun couple of weeks ahead between March Madness, um, hopefully, um, <laughs> and football. Football's coming. That's all I got. Yeah, exciting <laughs> time. Um, there's uh, some. You know, we'll be in the tournament. There's spring sports going on. Um, we do have a scheduled interview with, um, I'm not going to say what college he's the athletic director for, but he's the athletic director for a prominent college in the area. Um, yes, we're going to see Hall's A day, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so we'll be talking to him again. We'll, it's Ryder. Yeah, we'll give, if you're on the. <laughs> If you're on the boards, we'll give you guys the opportunity to submit questions and we'll try and take some of them and take the essence of them out or ask them directly. It's obviously going to be some questions that you can't ask. Because hey, Pat, why are, did you drink that beer? Yeah, you want to maintain a good relationship <laughs> and you can't be asking these. You know, When's we're the not, coming back? Yeah, we're not fucking 60 minutes here, guys. We, we're not going to be asking him these hard-hitting fucking investigative journalism questions. So, how much did you invest in? Why'd you choose basketball over football facilities? And it's like, no, dude, like, stop. So, we got that coming in a couple of weeks. So, stay tuned to your podcast feeds. I'm also I'm not going to say who it is, but I'm working on another big interview um, <coughs> of somebody who used to play for Rutgers who might have won a Super Bowl recently. So, that's dun, another dun, teaser. Dun. Um, I'll let you know if that ends up happening. But there's a reason why we don't like to tease these guys because, like, it makes both us and the interviewee look bad if they don't end up happening. And we're not trying to make anybody look bad. Life happens. We've probably had four times as many interviews lined up to be done than the ones we've actually done because sometimes they just don't work out. Life happens. People flake out. Richie and I, you know, we could rattle off some names, but we're not going to do it. It's just, it happens sometimes. Um, But we are actively always trying to work on interviews. I don't want you guys to think we're not trying out here, but doesn't always work. 
but we've gone longer than I thought we would. So I think it is time to call it for today. Uh, for me and the guys, this has been another edition of the Night Report Podcast. If you haven't already, like and subscribe to the YouTube page. Give us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting app. It really helps us get new listeners. Grow a lot. We'd like to continue growing. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell somebody you don't even like. Just tell people. Um, but for hey, me and the rest you. of the guys, yeah. Hey, you, parallel parking on the street. Yeah. <laughs> night Report Podcast. Listen to the Night Report. Check it out. It's on Apple and every podcasting app. All right, I'm getting a little loopy. Uh, it's been another edition of the Metaphor Podcast. Signing off. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.